Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, I was only after getting my license in May of last year. And um, look, it was it was great to get uh, the first winner at the local track. I know during COVID and that, um, there wasn't many people let in, but uh, there was plenty of cheering going on outside the, the railings. I'm sure it was, and it's always great to have a local winner. And for you, Siobhan, you had your 30th career winner at Bellusound last year aboard Takana. Now, that win saw your claim reduced from £7 down to 5 Isn't that correct? Yeah, that was a great day. Um, same as Robert, I wouldn't be far from the track. Uh, my boss, John McConnell, is is actually only um, a few kilometres from Town, So we kind of, that would be our our sort of Cheltenham, I suppose. Like the, the a lot of the horses would be, their their exercise would be kind of aimed towards Town, And um, it's a big week in our calendar. So um, yeah, no, it was brilliant. There was plenty of local people there and a great atmosphere. It was a great day, yeah. Wonderful. And can you just explain for us um, about riding out your claim, how exactly does that work? So that win brought you down from £7 to £5. And this is the route to becoming a fully fledged professional, isn't it? To ride out one's claim. Yeah. So I suppose you start at the beginning. Um, I suppose just to explain a little bit about the, the claiming jockey is you're given a, a claim to kind of to represent your inexperience, I suppose. So you have a, like a weight allowance which is given to you because you're inexperienced and it's kind of equates to the amount of numbers that you of winners that you've ridden. So if you haven't win, ridden any winners, you, you claim 10 pounds off um, a, a professional jockey. Um, and then as you start to ride winners, you get three winners, then you claim seven pounds, your claim is reduced. You get 30 winners, then you only claim five pounds. So five pounds is taken off the horse's back that you ride um, just to kind of even it up uh, when you're competing against the professionals, I suppose. So it's an advantage to have a claim. It's an incentive for the trainers to put you up to take weight off their horses. Uh, and it helps to get you going at the start um, because the, other than that, the incentive mightn't be there. Yeah, so it's a system basically to allow for uh, trainers to put up novice jockeys or apprentice jockeys to try and really let them basically learn their trade. Isn't that it? Yeah, pretty much because... Um, if if that wasn't there, if there were no claiming jockeys, I think it would be very hard to get to start to even get going as an apprentice because there's no uh, there is no incentive there to put up someone inexperienced, um, you know, as yeah. opposed to someone that's that's a fully fledged professional. 
Exactly. How many winners do you need to uh, write out your claim? Um, Do you know, I think it's about 90, 95 winners um, and your whole claim is gone but um, Seems you know I'll be a while waiting but wonderful stuff and I'm sure it won't be long for both of you and just while we're on about riding winners Robert as I said you've 12 Siobhan you've 42 but how important is that first winner to get over the line for the first time uh, Siobhan I might come to you on that first um, oh it's it's everything because well I don't know about Robert but I Robert was a lot more polished than I was um, when I rode my first winner. I didn't have any experience pony racing. I I think I had had about 30 rides on the track at that stage, but um, everything had happened so slowly for me. I I think I was riding nearly a year before I even rode my first winner. So um, I suppose it just, in for me, it was more, it was a big confidence boost because uh, I hadn't, been featuring in any of the finishes I was just kind of tipping away out the back and um, to actually get get a horse to win a race in my head it was it just said to me like you know you're you're able to do this and uh, whereas before that I I would have been questioning um, my ability I suppose just because I didn't have the pony racing background and I uh, didn't really look like a proper jockey at that stage so yeah it's a big deal to ride your first winner. Would you say it gave you a sense that you belong in this game that you were in the right spot. Totally, yeah, totally. Because um, you'd question yourself as a young person, especially starting out, and it is hard. And you work, you work hard, but uh, you'd you question yourself when you don't see any results. You're thinking, mm. well, I'd be thinking, am I even? What's the point? Am I doing the right thing? Am I? Do I belong here? Am I good enough? And then. When you ride your first winner, you can say to yourself, "Okay, well, I'm capable of steering a horse to win, so I can do it again. There's no reason why I can't." Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about the mental side of things, most most certainly. Robert, what about for you? You only had to wait a couple of weeks from getting your license to having your first winner, so maybe it was a different experience for you. I'm sure you were felt you're on cloud nine when you got that first one. Yeah. Um, look, I was after having a lot of experience pony racing. I was after riding a few winners. Um, I started off riding out for David Dunn maybe when I was about 13 or 14 and it was, it was great to get a winner for him to kind of pay him back for, for teaching me a bit and get me riding and get me polished and, and get me riding out different bits of work and things like that. Uh, obviously now I'm signed on to Gavin and he's given me plenty of opportunities so look, I was on cloud nine at the time Um. But look, racing soon brings you back down to earth as well. So you have to kind of keep the ball rolling as much as you can. And look, it was great. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You mentioned there about being in Gavin's yard and Gavin Cromwell, that is, and being given plenty of opportunities. How important is that to have a trainer that, you know, is willing to give you chances? Yeah, you have to You have to have someone to back you up. Um, look, you have to, to ride the horse to the best of your ability, but Sometimes you're going to make a mistake and you're going to know you made a mistake. Um, but if they have the faith in you to put your back up and trust in you again that you don't make that mistake and hopefully you don't. Um, like, you could ride a race today, it could be perfect, everything could work out to plan, but the next race then, something might just not work out as, as good and you have to have someone there that's say, able to say, well, look, he he made a mess 
and he's he, he owns up to it. He knows he did wrong. Mm. Um, but if they're willing to give you the chances, you need to you need to be able to grab them with both hands. And Siobhan, I'm sure you'd concur with that, with your experience with John McConnell. Yeah, definitely. John is um, someone who's been there from the start. Um, he, like, even just when I had my first ride, I was just so far away from where I am now. And if any anybody else might have just, I see it so often, people get one, two rides and, and that's it. But um I suppose I was persistent and John was willing to to give me the opportunities again and again, even when I had, like Robert said, like, you know, you can make mistakes, but it's just important that you learn from them and you, you show that you have learned from them. But to have someone that will put you up despite the mistakes, um, you know, that's pivotal, I suppose, to your development. You can't, you, you can't get on otherwise if you don't have someone backing you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it, it, it takes two to tango in that respect. You, you need to have a trainer who backs you even after you make a mistake and you need to show that you're learning from your mistakes equally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to because um, I suppose it's not like in other sport in, in the sense that you can enter a competition yourself, you put in the entry and you can go and compete. And it's like you're your ability to compete at these races are they're not up to you they're up to the trainer and the owner and you are called up for it so it's not like you can say yeah I'm ready for a competition tomorrow I'm going to enter in to that you know it's all your success is down to the other people's decisions so you're kind of hanging on a thread the whole time and to have someone that's supporting you consistently is just very important I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense to me, even for someone who's never been on a horse before and is alive, I tell you. But um, I completely understand the, the, um, the side of it that you need to have someone who has a bit of faith in you. Um, and speaking of someone who has a bit of faith in you, what about the family background and, and the family connections? I'm sure that plays a huge role, particularly as a, a young budding jockey starting off. Siobhan, I might come to you on that. I know you lost your father, Jer, when you were still at school, but he had a strong interest in horses and how much of an influence was that in, in your early development? Uh, yeah, it was a big. It played a big part in my interest in racing, in particular. I'd always had a love for horses, but um, it wasn't until after my father passed that I kind of thought to myself, um, "Wouldn't it be nice to kind of follow in his footsteps?" I suppose he was an amateur jockey himself, and uh, he had a handler's license as well. He trained point-to-point horses, and. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it wasn't until after um, he passed when we were, myself, I have a twin brother as well, when we were nine, that uh, I really kind of thought I'd love to, I suppose it's a way of connecting with the past. Um, mm. and in that sense, I'd love to give it a go racing-wise. Yeah, and here you are 42 winners later and a great story to tell, isn't it? It's a lovely, it's a lovely personal um, way of Nearly, I know you have to live your own life, but it's a lovely way to nearly pay homage to your father's legacy. Yeah, I mean, in my head, it's just um, crazy that I've gotten so far. And um, when I look back on where I was uh, at the age of even, even I went to the racing academy when I was 15, 16, even at that stage, I was, you know, it was a dream to ride on the racetrack. Mm. And that was kind of the goal. Let's ride on the racetrack and just for the experience. And um, But to have actually kind of 
progressed from that and to ride a winner and then to ride a few winners and then all of a sudden you're losing bits of your claim. It's just, I never thought that it could happen to me um, at the start anyway. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. It is. Yeah, it's wonderful what momentum can do, isn't it? And just for maybe listeners who might not be aware, the Racing Academy, am I right in saying that's uh, essentially an intensive program when you're in transition year at school for budding young jockeys to go and learn their trade? Is is that correct? Yeah, so it's... um, it's yeah, it's on the current Kildare, the Racing Academy Centre of Education. It's uh, they, they, they do plenty of different courses now, different lengths of courses aimed and geared towards different um, people. But the course that I attended at the time was this kind of the main how it all started was the trainee jockey course, and that's a it's a it's a forty two week residential program. You go for a trial. And uh, from there, then you're selected. I think there's like a class of about 30 selected to do um, the year's course. And you live there and you work there and they teach you basically everything that could that you need to know to get started in racing. Um, even from a background of if you had a little bit of knowledge with ponies and stuff or if you had never been around horses in your life, they'll take you from whatever stage you're at and build on that. And uh, then you get sent out to yard placements in the curra, and they kind of just mind you at the start, and it gets you gets you started. You know, a lot of um, jockeys now in Ireland, a lot of them are race graduates. So le- learning through immersion is the name of the game, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And Robert, I know uh, David Dunn, full of praise for your father after you rode your first winner for David uh, back last year. For someone who's only 18, how important is it to have that sport network behind the scenes, you know, during the, I suppose, the, the, the even do things like drive you everywhere, you know, and, and bring you here and there and have you up early in the morning to be able to ride out at the yard. What, what's that like? How important is that? Yeah, I suppose dad played a big part in that for... Um, for a couple of years before I got a car and bring me at six o'clock in the morning to ride out to Cork on a Sunday to ride a pony in a pony race or, you know, I could be in Donegal and then Monday or something like that. And, um, look, you couldn't thank him enough for what he's done. Um, without the support, um, you're really going nowhere. You have to have someone backing you up and, Mam as well. Mam's a big supporter. She's she's big on health. She she gives you all the tips and she's making the food properly chicken, no bread or butter or things like that. And she's big into it as well. So no, it's it's great that that I have them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Absolutely, and, and uh, we're not forgetting the mammies in, in either. But talk to me about, you mentioned about the food side of things. Obviously, being a jockey, weight, a top concern for any jockey. How hard is that to constantly be mindful of oh I can't have this for I'm hungry now but if I had this I might be over the weight for tomorrow's race talk to me about that um, Siobhan's probably not as bad as I'd be um, I'd probably be a few pounds heavier than Siobhan would so I'd be maybe looking at af- looking after it a bit more but um, yeah you have to look after it it's, you can't be waiting and waiting and then sweating because you'll have no energy to ride the horse you have to eat properly, drink plenty of water um, and look after it. Along with riding out, it keeps you, keeps you fit riding out and you're able to get used to different horses and, and get the feel of different things and um, get better readings. And as well, it's, it's good for your brain, you know, when you're thinking in a race, yeah. you have to have the energy to be able to make split decisions in seconds. Yeah. So it's important that just your all around balance to keep the main maintenance rather than a constant up and down and fluctuation. Yeah. Wonderful. You know what? It does make sense. You know, I know myself, it's a game I can never get involved in. I like my ice cream too much, especially on a Sunday mm-hmm. like today. But anyway, Siobhan, just to move on, uh, one of the novel things about horse racing is that men and women compete against each other on equal terms. And I know you've spoken a bit about this before. And of course, it's been fabulous female jump jockeys in recent times. You only have to think of Nina Carberry, Katie Walsh, and then, of course, more recently, the Queen of Cheltenham over the past few years, Rachel Blackmore. So these are all household names. And then, of course, you have Holly Doyle, who people who are you know into flat racing will be familiar with, essentially leading the way over in the UK. But can there still be a bit of a prejudice regarding the maybe perceived differences in physical strength and in terms of female jockeys, maybe not being trusted enough by trainers to be given rides or is there still a bit to go there? Uh, I suppose it's a bit of a touchy subject. Like I I find I found at the start I found it very difficult calling trainers. But that was kind of a confidence thing. I think um, I'm generalizing here, but I think men tend to be um they tend to just have more confidence than women and they tend to uh like we talk about imposter syndrome and you know, feeling like I don't belong here and stuff like that. And I think women are kind of more susceptible to feeling, especially in this sort of an, an industry um, where it's you need to be strong and you need to be hard and you need to you know be tough at that. Mm. Um, they might find it a little bit, like I, I, I found confidence-wise at, at the start anyway, um, bringing trainers and stuff like that, I struggled. But I think like we're moving away from that now Mm. Like Holly Doyle wrote a classic winner the other day. It's just it's it's the the things that are happening in the last two years are just like I I grew up watching Nina Carberry and Katie Walsh and they were my uh, and Haley Turner as well. But Nina Carberry and Katie Walsh they 
they were my kind of bread and butter when I was eight, nine, ten. And now we have Rachel Blackmore and Holly Doyle. And what they're doing is they're not just fitting in with the men, they're doing better and they're mm. so they're getting the best um races and they're just leading the way, I suppose. So I think we are moving away from that. I think we as a maybe a sporting public have a lot to thank for the trailblazers in Holly Doyle and Rachel Blackmore and indeed the you know the pioneers in Nina Carberry and Katie Walsh for the developments that were made there. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, definitely. Like I I can't thank um along with the other girls now that are riding and that are starting, even girls that are getting their first rides and applying for their license, going for their assessments. We can't thank them enough, the likes mm. of Rachel Blackmore, Holly Doyle. Anina Carby, Katie Walsh, Hayley Turner, any of these women, like we can't thank them enough for what they've done for the sport because mm. they were stronger than everybody when they had to be. Um, and now they've made it a lot, you know, breaking the glass ceiling, I suppose, makes it a lot easier for everyone coming behind them. Absolutely, and more power to them and, and continued success to them because I know they really are top of their game at the moment. As I say, Rachel, really the... Uh, the outstanding name in horse racing over the last number of years. If we can turn our attention back now to the upcoming Bellusend Festival. So, Siobhan, I know you're in a good vein of form. Two winners last Saturday at Down Royal, including a win on Atavik in the Ulster Oaks. So you must be happy to be taking a bit of momentum into next week. Yeah, I'm. Town is a, a meeting that I always look forward to. But to uh, recently, I've been kind of on and off the track with different sort of suspensions and stuff like that. So to get the couple of winners last week um, helps, I suppose, with your confidence. I'm looking forward to Town. Hopefully it'll be a busy a busy meeting for me. It will be for my boss anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Brilliant stuff. And Robert, I know your last winner was also with Atavik at the end of uh, May back over in Fairy House. But you've also been occupied in the meantime with the Leaving Cert, which you only finished last week. And of course, you're also riding a few horses during that period. Has that been a challenge to try and balance the bit of study with the desire to be out there riding winners? Yeah, it's, it's all about the balance, I suppose. Just glad to get it out of the way. Um, but mom, mom and dad were keen on on having the leaving cert. Um, I know there's different routes you can go now without it, but I was after getting that far and I was after finishing fifth year uh, before I got the license. Um, so I didn't see the logic on, on leaving school. Um, so I thought I might as well finish it out. But um, look, I'm looking forward to Town. Hopefully I can pick up a few rides and, and hopefully end up in the winner's enclosure. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And tell me a bit about Bellystown itself and the track, the famous hill. I, like I recall running in a, in a school's athletics race back on the race course when I was in fifth class at school. And I remember starting off on the day pretty okay. And then I got around the bend and the hill kicked in. And I think there was 215 people running the race and I finished 175th or something, which tells you all you need to know about how fit I was then and how hard the hill is. But is it something you're conscious of when you're riding around that bend? Um, yeah, I think a lot can happen in Bellustown from the road to the winning post. Um, you've seen, you see so many races change and turn around from the road. Um, horses just get going and maybe it's the atmosphere or maybe, maybe something just clicks that the crowd when it starts cheering that they run on a bit quicker or hit the road and 
But um, look, there's a bit of a, a dip when you go down and you're rolling back up a hill. So some horses like it, but as well as that, some horses might just find it a bit difficult. And would you concur with that, uh, Siobhan? Is it something that you're kind of conscious of? Is it depend on the horse you're riding that you think, oh, I might have to go a bit easy on this horse until we get to the last furlong or two or no, I need to get this fellow quick? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think it it's an advantage to be prominent during the race um, so you can get a good run before the rest of them, but it's important not to go too fast as well because a lot... A lot can change, like Robert said, from when you cross from when you cross the road, um, and really get into the the brow the brow of the hill. A lot can change, and yeah, it's a stiff track. But you, he's you're right about the atmosphere, Robert. Like there's obviously there's people in the race course, but as well with Bellius Town, which I find is quite unique, that the way it's fenced um, down the road, like the public every year. There's a there's it's it's thronged with people on the road at the fence, um. So the whole street is just full of families and people screaming and shouting. The atmosphere is just great. Uh, so I think you know that might just get their blood up a bit, and some of them do run on. But then again, it is a niche track. Like not a lot of there's a lot of horses that maybe do find it difficult. Like Robert said, definitely. You're talking about getting the horses blood up. How is that atmosphere as a jockey? Do you notice that if you're in contention? Um, you know, heading towards the winning post, is that does that drive you on the pull of the crowd? It does for me anyway? Yeah, I love when you're kind of upsize and in front, or maybe you might be sitting a bit further back, and you're thinking, I have a bit a bit of horse here under me, and I could win. And it's yeah. those few strides. What you do with it straight after that? Um, obviously, more than more times than. Uh, not like it doesn't work out and you might finish down the field or you might finish second or third but the few strides after you think I could win this it's just it's a great buzz um, and then if you do go on and win it that's I suppose the feeling you're all after Absolutely absolutely. and just looking specifically ahead to next week then locally trained horses they do tend to perform well are there any standout entries for punters to keep an eye on? Um, well, I can't give too much away because John will kill me. But um, John, my boss, John McConnell, has um, lorry loads of horses going up there every year because that's it's just so close to the yard, and um, we always have plenty of runners there. Um, in terms of tips and stuff like that, I don't know. I, I ride a horse called the Pargy B. He's been uh, he's been frustrating. Um, he's always kind of well fancied in the market and I don't know, maybe a track like that might just um, suit him. He tends to run around a bit in the finish, but yeah, it might be one to keep an eye on. And what day will he be out? He is out on the the first day, I believe. First day, the Thursday. Excellent. And yeah. for yourself, is there, obviously you might not be able to give too much away, but is there any horse you think you might be... Uh, Sadden that you are fancying the go Um, I suppose I'm just I'm I'm looking forward nearly just to to see at declarations what I'm riding. Um, look, I I won on a horse there last year for Tom McCourt, uh, Philly's Hope. She gave me my second winner in Belliston. Mm. Look, I didn't see if she was entered or if she was there, 
But if she if she was, maybe it's just attracted to it or it was her first win. And um look, maybe maybe it just all suited her on, on um in Bellusan. Brilliant. So we well look, we remain to see next Thursday to Saturday how things go. It promises to be a good week's atmosphere and a good week's crack. And I know it's an event that uh, tends to attract families as well because of what you mentioned earlier, Siobhan, that there is place for families basically to gather inside the track as well. But Siobhan and Robert, thank you very, very much for joining me. We wish you all the best in Bellistown next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.